0: You've selected a show from the podcast jukebox, a DIY podcast network. This episode of No Love Lost is brought to you by fredsbs.com. That's breads and spreads by Fred. Guys, if you're a longtime fan of the podcast, you know the drill by now. If you are looking for some delicious holiday baked goods... There's no better place to go than to fredsbs.com. He's got delicious brownies and blondies and jams, all sorts of great delicious stuff that are perfect for holiday treats, holiday parties, holiday gifts, all sorts of all fun stuff. I highly recommend getting his brown sugar buddy cookies and pairing those with a delicious harvest tea from Trader Joe's and or just sitting down with a nice hot black cup of coffee. Uh, It's super late right now as I'm recording this, so some Fred's BS cookies and a nice hot cup of coffee honestly sounds like heaven to me right now. Uh, So if you guys are interested in ordering from Fred definitely check out the website check out the menu and then send Fred an email with the email provided in the description for this episode and be sure to mention no love lost in the subject of the email and that offer code will get you 20% off of your order and if you are an LA local you can also do free pickup instead of delivery and uh sometimes you can even time it to the point where you can get hot cookies fresh out of the oven it's pretty great not even gonna lie um but yeah so go to fredsbs.com check out that menu send fred an email use that coupon code and uh just enjoy these delicious holiday treats treat yourself uh and yeah just treat yourself And if you are looking for other ways to support the podcast, go to the podcast jukeboxnetwork.com and get yourself some no love lost merchandise like no love lost t-shirts and crazy about Kurt t-shirts. Guys, we really appreciate everybody who goes to fredsbs.com and who goes to the podcast jukeboxnetwork.com to buy merch. To support us directly. You guys are the absolute best. But if you're looking for other ways to support us, honestly, just going to iTunes and rating and leaving a comment does a world of good. Uh, so, if you haven't already done so, go do that we want to hear your thoughts on the show and uh also just it's been great chatting with some of you guys on twitter too uh you know will and i don't always agree about this show but it's always fun getting to hear your guys's perspective on the show on plot twists. it's just it's just an absolute delight hearing from you guys so thank you to everybody who supports this show in one way or another you all are the absolute best on that note michelle if you would be so kind
1: Let's go to
0: the island, I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash, and there are others, and there are numbers, and it all means something supposedly, but even though there are times we hang our heads in sadness, we
1: We had to go back.
0: That is very much debatable. Uh, My counterpoint is I have a lovely game of cards here that we could be playing instead. You don't have to go back to that dusty old hatch. That's silly.
1: Welcome back (laughs) to No Love Lost, the podcast where we... Play a simple game of cards Ooh. to decide
0: <laughs> how good's your poker how face? good
1: the series lost is. Uh I am a terrible poker player and in as in, I don't think I've ever played poker before in my life.
0: <laughs> what? You've never played?
1: No. What?
0: So you have a What you're telling me is that I need to play poker. Unless I'm
1: bluffing right now. Oh. Unless I'm I'm trying to. to Well,
0: I'm very gullible, so I wouldn't pat yourself on the back if that was a bold faced lie. You're
1: very gullible, and I'm Will Link, (laughs) and with me as always.
0: (laughs) That was a very dad joke. Yeah, I
1: know.
0: I'm Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody.
1: Uh, And we are going to be breaking down season two episode 17 lockdown written by hughes lindelof that's how you know it's gonna be an important episode that makes
0: sense i did you know i did notice that but like halfway through the episode i had completely forgotten (laughs) because i was i was into it
1: if it's gonna involve some sort of mythology that may or may not be answered by the time the series is over it's Cuse and Lindelof <laughs> uh, and directed by Stephen Williams who is you know behind Jack Bender seems to be the one who has directed the most of these episodes and uh, uh, he did one of them this season and he did Hunting Party which ah. is a fan favorite
0: yep <laughs> understandable uh, this, yeah, this was, an, this was an interesting one, and it's not a surprise that um, that the two showrunners wrote this.
1: Well, anytime you have a lock episode, yeah, it's it always going to be, it's going to delve... I need
0: to write about my father issue. <laughs> I
1: mean, it, yeah, it's going to be very heavy into a lot of the themes of the, the show overall. Whereas, you know, although I would say all the backstories fit into some of the overall themes, yeah. an episode about... Charlie's backstory is always going to be a little different than an episode about Locke's backstory. Exactly,
0: and uh, the the demons that they have to face are always going to be a little different.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> Locke has to face those demons again, man. <laughs> the, because also, also Locke is so—I don't know if in tune to the island, considering of how he ends up in the series, mm. but he's so much more in tune to the island. Like his.
0: I think you could argue that he has a connection with the island that a lot of other people don't have because not everybody... I mean, unless you want to count surviving the crash as a miracle, not everybody experienced a miracle like when they crash-landed on this island.
1: That's true. Not everybody w- learned to walk again because not learned, but were able to. <laughs> but yeah, some other people are... Uh are healed in ways. Yeah. I mean we kind of got into a little bit last week like oh all of a sudden uh,
0: looking forward to that episode. That's going to be great.
1: Yeah. Um so Let's start with the flashback.
0: Uh, real quick, if this is for some reason, if this is your first episode of our podcast, uh, just FYI, we spoil everything uh, because our our main opinions about the nature of this show come from the ending of the series. So, uh, just FYI, if you haven't already seen Lost, we're gonna bring it up at some point, most likely as we will also be discussing future plot points. So, just fair spoiler alert right as- now.
1: As we, yeah, because we occasionally discuss the perfect ending of the show.
0: Uh, Much of what you said was false. Is this another? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Were you just doing your poker face on me right now? I might be.
1: (laughs) Uh, We're going to get into that poker game, which I had forgotten that that poker game was such a big plot. Because the way I write my notes, I always write like the a story the b story and then kind of on the side of my notes i write like little c story and i had forgotten the poker <laughs> game was the b story and i started writing it. i have a series of notes <laughs> that go down the side of my uh... i'll
0: i'll be honest i this is an episode that basically had disappeared from my memory up until you know um the lockdown actually starts to happen and apart from that like very little about this episode actually stuck in my mind so re-watching it it was kind of like watching it for the first time again.
1: The, the lock stuff I, I remembered very much about it um, and let's get into that lock stuff. So we're back in the past and Locke with uh, with some hair on his head. I always love flashback Locke has, uh, oh, has that, that hair. weird
0: that weird hair piece I don't know what it is <laughs>
1: But things are going really well for John Locke. He is about to propose to Helen, Katie Segal, returning to the show. And, you know, from where we saw this couple the last time in a flashback, where he's outside his father's house and she's making this desperate plea of, like, you you can't be obsessed with this and be with me. Like, you have to make this choice and we can do this together kind of thing. Yeah,
0: and you have to take a leap of faith and believe in me. Um, You know, that sort of thing. Which I think it's very interesting comparing Locke's previous flashback episode to this flashback episode and how those lessons may come back to bite him when he puts his faith in the wrong people.
1: Well, you know, it's so funny because— You see this flashback, and it's like, yay, they've got a good thing going. But also because we know where Locke ends up, we know it does. We know he doesn't marry Helen, or if he does, it doesn't work. We know these things. It's kind of heartbreaking Having all that knowledge sometimes looking at these flashbacks. It's
0: doomed prequelitis is what my roommate always calls it. It's uh, the Kingdom Hearts 3 (laughs) effect where you're like, oh, look at all these smiling faces. They're all going to die by the end of this, aren't they?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of death, Helen likes to read the obituaries. Can
0: we talk about how, like, oddly morbid that is? Like, it's totally in line with her kind of fucked up sense of humor. Like she and like i kind of forget that she and john locke met at like an angry person's anonymous (laughs) meeting and the last time we saw her she did like smash into his car grab his keys and throw them onto private property like she does have kind of a morbid sense of humor Um, But the reason she reads the obituaries is because, like, ah, nobody ever says anything mean about somebody who has an obituary.
1: I'm with Locke. I think the most (laughs) uh, uh, happiest part of the paper would be uh, the funnies.
0: I appreciate the funnies, too. That was the only part of the paper I liked when I was a kid. And now newspapers don't exist anymore. So,
1: (laughs) So, you know, Locke is getting ready to propose. He's going to take her on a picnic lunch. And proposed to her. Aww. She doesn't know this. She's doing the obituaries,
0: like a like a very odd person.
1: <laughs> Two questions: One, if she never reads the obituaries, does none of this ever happen in this episode?
0: I was gonna say, yeah. Anthony is like writing a lot on like somebody informing John Locke.
1: I would assume he would be informed. Somebody in some eventually would have
0: would have contacted him. I don't uh, know.
1: two if you're Helen and you see then the obituaries do you not tell him now I know the right thing to do is the person's father's dead they should they have some sort of right to know but it's very and she's a very honest person as we get to in this episode but there's part of me that's like Helen bad move
0: well here's the thing Helen doesn't know that Anthony's fucking faking it.
1: That's true. In, in like re- the that's only. True. I oh, yeah. go. <laughs> okay, that's actually an excellent point because yeah, she's like, oh, good. We'll just this will really put it behind it, and maybe he gets some closure. Exactly. Out of it.
0: So no, she did the right thing. Let's not twist this. Anthony's the fucked up one. No, no, he is.
1: But I'm just thinking from like, here's the thing. I don't think the first time I saw this, I don't think any of us are ever meant to think that he's actually dead. I don't and know. I think we bring that knowledge. And look, then the second we get to the cemetery and Locke is there, and there's and a, there's a, there's a, there's a bu- car. There's a car. Everybody a bunch in the of, audience knows. There's a bunch of toughs. Waiting.
0: Yeah. Everybody in the audience knows that Anthony isn't dead when you see that car acting shady. The only other person it could be is his mom. And, you know, we don't necessarily need her to factor into the narrative right now. Yeah. You know? I'll so s- that's the only other person it could be besides Anthony.
1: Um, And even Locke notices the car. Like, Locke, yeah. Locke. Lock, his father's not dead. <laughs> Look, no. And I mean I guess that's why I'm like, oh Helen, why do you got to tell him about this? Because in my head, even watching this, I I'm assuming even watching the first time, I was probably going like, mm, that guy's a con man. That can't be true. <laughs> um
0: I I think now here's the thing. I think she did the right thing. Oh, by she telling did. Him, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um but like it is one of those things where it's like, this is one of those times where you wish you could impart information that you know as an audience member onto people in the show. Because if Helen had any inkling that like, Anthony might have been able to fake his death, then yeah, she would have been, you know what? You know what, let me read the paper later. Let's go on that picnic, you know? Yeah. Um.
1: But, well, okay. You, oh, you know Helen, for the rest of her life, is gonna be like, why'd i read that obituary she's gonna be thinking that
0: but like you said eventually somebody would have contacted yeah, john so. locke it's not her fault no but it's not I, her
1: fault at all i just I think it's i funny. i
0: will point out i'm watching a youtuber right now that's going back and um re reviewing old episodes of pokemon there is an episode of like the original 90s pokemon where um a character's parents basically fake their deaths to trick him into coming home and so he hears the news that his parents are dead and he has zero reaction because and if you like have that aforementioned knowledge it's like oh it's probably because he suspects like what if they're really not dead (laughs) and it's like that's a fucked up family situation if you hear your parents are dead and you're like but are they though? Like that's a really messed up situation.
1: I'll tell you what, man, you ever hear that I died? Don't believe it. <laughs> and I want you to show up at the funeral. I want you to be he's faking.
0: <laughs> You're telling all your other friends to do this too, right? Not just me?
1: Oh no, just you. And anyone who might listen to this podcast.
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: Um, Uh. well Locke does go to the funeral and there's not many people there because Anthony Cooper was a terrible
0: person although like as John Locke thinking to yourself like if he's if Anthony Cooper's dead he's like can I get my kidney back like is that (laughs) (laughs) what's the expiration date on me being able to get my kidney back from the guy who took it from me
1: but he says (laughs) I forgive you
0: yeah yeah
1: um then we see that Locke, right now, his job—he's not working the box factory yet. He's uh, inspecting houses.
0: Yeah, and which honestly makes a lot of sense given how handy he is on the island, right?
1: And he's inspecting the house of uh, attractive young single Middle Eastern woman. Wait a minute! <laughs> oh my gosh, was that Nadia? Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh! Then whoosh. Guys, I'm indicating with my hand once again that something flew way over my head. It's been so long since we've seen Nadia. I forgot what she looked like. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I didn't realize that was Nadia. Yeah. That's amazing.
1: Living in uh, in Los Angeles now.
0: Good for her. She can afford a home out here? Good for her. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Especially on a refugee's salary. Um. Uh, but then, when he's finishing up the job, he sees that Mercedes that was at the. Uh, standing out at the. You know, he goes over there. Which
0: means this car is following him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, who is it? It's good old dad. And, of course, what Fucking does this guy Anthony want? Cooper. Well, it turns out. I
0: would have decked him. Like, if, if you found out, like your father faked his death. And, like, let's say that your father wasn't a good person. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, your dad's great. But, like, <laughs> let's say your dad was awful and then faked his own death and then showed up at your place of work and rolled down the window wearing his sunglasses. Wouldn't you deck him in the face?
1: If my father fu- – yeah, if my father fu- <laughs> – See, you know what, Locke probably deep down expected this of this It He was man.
0: like, ah –
1: <laughs> yeah, if my father faked his own death, he, there'd be a lot of questions. There'd be a lot more questions than this guy.
0: <laughs> um,
1: well, Anthony Cooper stole $700,000 dollars. and basically that's what those toughs waiting at the outside the funeral. That's what they were looking for. The, he stole it from these guys. Mm-hmm. These guys who by the way, should have noticed the suspicious Mercedes at the funeral. But they didn't. But he stole their money. He's got a safety deposit box, and he's telling Locke, "If you go pick it up for me, drop it off at this hotel I'm gonna be at. You get two hundred grand of that." Hmm. Pretty good deal.
0: Two hundred grand's a lot of money,
1: especially for someone who's about to get married.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Weddings are expensive.
1: But. He said, I'm going to be at this hotel, and I'm leaving tomorrow, like either way. So you be there or not. So, that's a big decision to make. Are you going to help this man?
0: I'd say that sounds like a whole lot of your problem, because I might not get the $200,000, but anthony's not getting the other five so uh you guys can't see but i'm indicating that (laughs) i'm indicating with my middle finger
1: (laughs) i feel like but you know what i mean i don't know it's your father i mean i understand that he still has this bond to. because what i want Locke to do is not go meet him and then oh sometime way down the road go and just get all 70 grand for himself
0: <laughs> see what I what I want is probably exactly what Helen wants is for John Locke to be like I don't need you I don't need your money go fuck yourself bye Felicia and then just say yeah like this is your problem you got yourself into this mess I'm not gonna help you get you out of it yeah bye That's what I want John Locke to do. That's what Helen wants John Locke to do. That's what John Locke should do. Or, if you want to take it even a step further, call the authorities. (laughs) Because, like, call the cops. It sounds like a whole lot of their problem, too. There's
1: there's a difference between... (coughs) There's a difference between... If uh, I'm going I'm going to not help my father and then actively call the cops on my father.
0: If my father stole my kidney, you bet your ass I'd call the cops on him. Fuck that. But anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> my father would never do such a thing. He's a lovely man.
1: Yeah, he'd steal someone else's kidney, not his own daughter's.
0: <laughs> but no, that's that's the thing is deep down the real problem is that deep deep john locke has determined that you know anthony's gonna like leave and you know escape their lives forever so in john locke's mind this is a way of moving on but it's also a way of still getting anthony's approval like deep deep down He does want Anthony's approval and ultimately that's why he goes through with it. Yeah, in his mind he's also justified it as Anthony's going to leave our lives and we can put all of this behind us. He's fooled himself into thinking this is how he gets closure and that's not it. That's the trap he's set for himself. And it's really tragic, but also it's great and perfectly in line with what we know about him and the struggle that he's going through.
1: But the mistake Locke makes isn't helping his father. That's not really, at the end of the day, the mistake he makes.
0: That is a mistake he makes. You're right, though. The mistake is lying to Helen.
1: So he does go to safety deposit box, and there's a whole lot of cash. And he shows up. Very excited. No. Oh. And Helen is a little, hmm, because the, the toughs, the gangsters, I keep calling them toughs.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, toughs. who calls them that? I call them
1: that. <laughs> I don't know, because they're so ill-defined. Like, who these guys he ripped off like? Who were they? They're so Ill- they are generic street tough. They are <laughs> slick back, they're wearing leather jackets. Are they in the mob?
0: <laughs> are they like, greasers? <laughs> yeah, are they drug like
1: who are they? They're <laughs> Anthony like the never m-
0: specifies.
1: They're the most generic. And they're also like they're like vaguely like what ethnicity even are they? Like everything about them it's is ambiguous. Yeah, they're like, who are they? <laughs> I don't know. Are they Italian? Are they Puerto Rican? Like, I don't know what they are. 100%
0: American, Will. Why do you have to make it about that? I'm just saying
1: they're very, like, it's been, I don't know who he's, what mob, what gang he's ripped off.
0: So They're They're very nondescript, yes. So
1: they're there, and uh, they've been kind of, you know, threatening Helen. But Helen backs down to no one. No. Helen is like getting in their face, getting, and they're like, "I
0: love her." Oh, she's, she's just her great. How dare you? Is so fucking good. Don't mess with Katie Seagal. Don't like, mess with Leela. <laughs>
1: they're like, "Oh, you weren't so shaken up at the funeral," and she's, uh, but you know, then they they don't they think
0: honestly. Lock knows match between the smoke monster and Helen. Who wins? Helen, hands down.
1: <laughs> they know Locke knows his father's alive. They know this. And they're like, oh, let us check your bag. And of course, rather than just nicely look in the bag, they dump it out. They dump out all his work papers.
0: And he's like, ah, I'm really glad I switched that out before I came in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but then they leave. And then Helen says, like, yeah, have you seen your father? What's, like, what's going on? And he lies to her.
0: And that, John Locke, is where you made your biggest mistake.
1: Because if he didn't lie to her, she could have talked them out of this. They could have talked about that. They could have made a decision what to do about this money. They could have made a lot of decisions together.
0: Yeah, but he has removed her agency from... Because that's the thing. It's one thing if, if John Locke was just, again, living on his own and he made the choice... To help his father, and you know, and nobody else would be impacted by this decision. That's one thing. That's his life to leave. That's his choice to make. But when you're starting to embark on your life with somebody, he wants to get
1: married.
0: Yeah. When you are starting a partnership with someone, it it doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter, you know, all that other stuff. Nothing, nothing about that matters. If you are engaging in a partnership with somebody. Um, for the rest of your lives then you have to be honest because what Locke is ultimately wanting to start off their union with is a deception and that's not good that's the opposite of good he's wanting to start their clean slate like their clean slate wouldn't be a clean slate
1: the um, Locke goes to the hotel makes a
0: This is supposed to be a hotel near LAX, right? Yeah. Uh, Can I just say that, like, anytime I've ever had to go to any establishment near LAX, I always have a mild heart attack whenever a plane passes over (laughs) because it gets uncomfortably close to the ground. I do not care for being at establishments near LAX.
1: Even at the In-N-Out near LAX? The
0: In-N-Out's fine. But like, (laughs) I'm talking about like bars and restaurants and and other businesses like down like right near LAX.
1: Well, you notice the planes that are flying into LAX. They're all oceanic planes.
0: Oh, I didn't notice. I was planes, just looking at how I was like, oh, I can definitely tell that's CGI. All the planes have the oceanic
1: <laughs> logo. And uh, I believe the bag that Anthony Cooper, the travel bag he picks up, also has the Oceanic logo.
0: Okay. I was going to say, was it um, was it a Whitmore bag?
1: <laughs> nah, they only make pregnancy tests.
0: But um,
1: basically, Locke tries to have this conversation with his father where it's not about the money and that he's he's standing on some principle that his father doesn't have or care about. Actually, the father is like, you getting married. Hey, that was a good-looking w- yeah. woman you had with you getting married to her. This 200 grand's gonna go a long way. Uh, and Locke's getting... He's standing on a principle that doesn't matter at this point.
0: It's funny seeing Locke be self-righteous like Jack is but in a completely different way
1: you know and uh, then who shows up Helen because of course she does of course she knows because she knows her man she knows he was lying when he said well when he was lying
0: I'm surprised they didn't when they ran down to the parking lot I'm surprised that both cars weren't smashed to pieces (laughs) that both Anthony's and Locke's well, I Given found, Helen's track record.
1: Because I love the character Locke and I want things to work out for him. And I know they don't in the series as a whole, which is very upsetting.
0: Yes, it is it is a tragedy.
1: Um, I felt so bad for Locke in the parking lot scene. Because, of course, yeah. I mean, it's so heartbreaking. And it's so, because it's also really the last moment of it's pathetic in a way like sadly pathetic because so she he lied and she's like you need his love more than me yeah and then he goes to propose oh. he proposes then and it's so awkward because and she knows it's awkward and everyone knows it's awkward but him that he's like i got to do this now cuz he feels like he's about to lose her and she just says no. Yeah. Because she has to say no at that point. Yeah. Like, that can't fix. That's not going to fix the problem. And he's doing nope. it in that that moment. That's like
0: having a baby to fix your relationship.
1: And look, <laughs> Locke wants to marry her legitimately. he loves her. He loves but her. in this moment, it's about, I need to fix this. Well,
0: again, a very Jack thing, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's less even too about like I need to fix this and more like I'm going to lose this. Like everything's falling apart. Like I have to I have to do whatever I can to to hold on to keep from losing everything.
1: Um and then she leaves. And then his father leaves too. He's left with neither of their love.
0: Yeah. That's what happens when you try to have it both ways. You I, can't.
1: I guess he does have 200 grand.
0: I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: <there's>...
0: <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> right. Wait, did Anthony lock the door on his way out? Oh no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> now Let that goes to what. the maid.
1: That you just you break the door down <laughs> and you pay to replace the door <laughs> with that money. <laughs> so now let's get to the island and we pick up literally right after well actually i should say there's a little there's a little bit of business um in which uh 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 uh, saeed is in annalusia and it's raining saeed's mad like oh why did we
0: because he's like, there's not going to be a balloon. Like, we've come out here for, you know, it's like, I have the, he's like, I have the confirmation that I need to go back and beat that man to death. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then what does Charlie find? He finds a grave. Oh, mm-hmm. he said there'd be a grave. And then in a very nice reveal, um, they realize over the grave, it's not raining on them. And, and they, they look up. up
0: and there's a smiley face.
1: And a big balloon.
0: I will say that I I love this because even though at the end of the last episode, we know that frickin' Henry Gale is evil. Like, if just based on that performance, um, like we know he's he's totally evil and one of them, but there's enough in this episode. Uh, again completely upheave what we thought we knew about him because at the end of the last episode audience members I think for the most part are convinced that this guy is an other and then we see the grave and the, the happy face and on the one hand as an other he could just know that that was there but on the other hand it's like oh wait it wasn't complete bullshit like, they're, like here's the balloon here's the grave like maybe he is telling the truth
1: now, the episode is kind of bookended by by this. And uh, because they leave that question that you just said, like lingering throughout the whole episode and doing so many things, like the way he comes back for Locke, stuff like that, to make you think that, oh, make it ambiguous enough. I had forgotten that the whole balloon thing just bookended the episode. I thought I had it was. Too. A, I, and I wrote that down as if that like oh yeah this is a major plot line in this episode and it's not well, it just kind of comes in at the end here's
0: again. here's the thing I had completely <laughs> forgotten that they found the balloon at all like after that deliciously evil speech at the end of the last episode I kind of was expecting there to be an ambush waiting for them no. and I was like oh did I just forget that they got attacked by the others and I was like I guess I did like I'm just gonna watch and see this all play out
1: the, the only reason I remembered that they there was a balloon is because I distinctly remembered them finding the real Henry Gale's driver's license. Yeah, that's the only reason I remember Like I didn't remember like that scene so much and that great reveal of the balloon, but I remembered. I knew they found Henry, the real Henry Gale's body because I remember them being like, "Here's a driver's license," <laughs> and I remember just being some black guy from Minnesota. But we'll get to that first. <coughs> ben. Has made his comment about the ambush, and Locke <laughs> and Jack don't find his quote-unquote joke. joke
0: very funny. Very
1: funny, and they start questioning him again. Like, can you draw that map again? Like, and there's this debate of, you know, like, well, Anne Lucy is long gone. We're never going to catch up to him. Yeah, and what whatever's happened has happened, and Jack is. Fury.
0: <laughs> Cause he's like, Josh darn it, I'm the one i just and, doing his leader thing.
1: And he goes, he's like, yeah, like lock him back up in there, blah blah blah. And of course, while Locke is locking Ben slash Henry back up in the thing, he go Lock or Ben goes, Why do you let him talk to you like that?
0: Now again, to Locke's credit, Henry says that and then Locke immediately throws him in there. And I was like, "Thank you, God." Because obviously, it did get under under Locke's skin, but he's smart enough to not to not like let Henry start openly manipulating him right here. He's like, yeah. "Come on, I'm not stupid." So he just grabs him and throws him in there. Yeah. And so I was like, "Okay, good job, John Locke. Way to go."
1: So Locks angry, you know. Now a little <laughs> while later starts hearing some sort of weird static
0: Yeah, weird feedback, right? Yeah,
1: over the uh, over the the speakers in the hat.
0: Episodes like this where I'm very thankful I watch with closed captioning on.
1: Oh, so maybe you heard some stuff in that static. It that, was,
0: um, uh, it w- it was a was a further, countdown. It was further in the countdown. It was like 28, 27. Okay, eight. so because I didn't hear the, the countdown down.
1: until we started getting to, so. Ben, of course, is like, "What's happening, John? What's happening?" <laughs> and uh, it's a countdown, and Locke is it's starting to come in clearer. But why is it counting down? What's happening? And then it goes off. It it reaches its it it, it then the countdown hits zero, and the blast doors start to come down.
0: This was such a great moment. Can I just say that like those walls started coming down, and I went, "Oh shit!" Like, "Oh, this is so good." (laughs) I forgot about this.
1: The blast doors are coming down. Lock. Is able to get a crowbar under one of them,
0: which is brilliant.
1: But they're stuck in there. Yeah. And That's the last good. time Locke had been out by the the computer and the countdown clock uh, for pushing the button, it said they had like I, I believe forty-seven minutes.
0: Yeah. And now they This isn't a very well-designed hatch, now is it?
1: <laughs> now they are stuck.
0: Now, I do want to point out <clears throat> this is an episode written by Carlton and Coos. Uh, obviously, my memory of this episode, as I have admitted, <laughs> is non-existent. Um, and what Locke de- you know, not to jump too far ahead, but Locke basically ends up determining that this whole thing was a random coincidence. Carlton and Coos wrote this episode. Do Lindelof and Kuz. We- Oh, Linda and Coos. Sorry, my apologies. Um Carlton Coos is one person.
1: <laughs> Carlton and <Kuz. laughs>
0: It's like one of those law firms. It does sound like it. Um, but they wrote this episode and Locke determines that all a crazy random happenstance. Do we ever at any point find out what may or may not have triggered this event?
1: I don't remember
0: okay, I have a little bit of a problem with that. That being said, in like as an isolated incident, it works for this episode. It yeah. works exceedingly well. If you take a step back and look at other loose ends and unexplained things in the show, you can point to this as another example of like, oh, well, why this happened is a thing that's also never explained. And that's all I'll say about it until we get to the end of the show.
1: Um, so anyway, Locke can't open up. He can't, he can't get the blaster open.
0: Not by himself.
1: So he recruits Ben. Ben comes out.
0: Which, to be fair, uh, you're trapped. Because
1: he has to, also, he knows they got to push that button. Mm-hmm. Jack's not coming back anytime soon. If they don't push that button, you know, the world's going to end.
0: If that's what you believe. (laughs) Now, here's the thing, is that, like, if Jack had been the one trapped and, like, the button, you know, countdown was going down further and further, do you think he would have been as fervent about getting out? Or if he would have been like, you know what? F it. (laughs) We'll see what happens. We'll get out when we get out. But, like, yeah, we'll see if that countdown actually does anything.
1: I think he would have just because you don't on want the to be off tra- chance that On yeah. the off
0: chance that it self-destructs, you Yeah, know? you
1: don't know what's really going to happen. Um, although, I guess, so he's he's with Ben, and they're, they're, they're trying to together get more leverage and open yeah. this, this thing up. Eventually, they get a toolbox in there to, to keep it open a little bit, and...
0: Oh, this sucks. This yeah. sucks.
1: <laughs> And Locke, oh, but by the way, we should also say that there's a back and forth between Locke and Ben, where yeah. Locke is getting kind of desperate, he needs his help. And Ben's like, basically, like, you have to promise to protect me. Yeah. You have to promise, because they want to take all their anger about all their situations out on me. They're going to beat me to death. They're going to fucking kill me. You need to protect me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically Which, had the deal. he
0: been a normal person, I would be like, "That's a completely fair argument, Henry." <laughs> but because he's evil, Ben, <laughs> so go they, fuck yourself. They
1: get the thing propped open to a certain degree, and they get the toolbox in there. And Ben goes to sl- ben, uh, oh, lo- lock, John. Yeah. yeah, John goes to slide under, and Ben's even being like, eh, "Maybe don't do that." <laughs> and he does it, and of course. Ah! Boom! Down on his legs because everything with Locke is the legs. Oh, uh, why is it
0: always the legs? Although I will say that, like, not gonna lie, when the uh, when they initially get the toolbox in there, I was going no, no, go, 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 go. Yeah, you gotta move fast. Yeah, they didn't
1: move fast enough.
0: They didn't. They didn't. Um, but of course, the second he gets underneath it, that's. This when the, like I, I, I will admit, I jumped when I flinched when the 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 toolbox starts collapsing in on itself. I definitely it's jumped. a good
1: it's a good effect too. Yeah. Now, Locke is stuck there. The things getting desperate. He knows the countdown's getting closer. So he asked Ben, Henry, to go through the pant the vent in the pantry. Mm -hmm. Climb to the other side. Why didn't Locke just do that?
0: (laughs) You bring up an excellent point. All of this was unnecessary.
1: (laughs) Now, to be fair to the episode, I literally didn't think of that until right now. <laughs> I didn't put it in my notes. I, didn't either. I wasn't thinking about it while watching it. <coughs> uh, there's <coughs> enough look, in writing sometimes there's a lot of misdirects. There's a lot of misdirects going yeah. on. Yeah, in yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I don't think it I don't think it's bad writing that they didn't just do that. But I do think in retrospect it's one of those um I think it was Billy Wilder who used to call it like a refrigerator moment in writing or a movie is like you see a movie, or an idea in a movie, and you're like, "Oh!" And you love it, and you think it's great, and everything's great about this. Mm-hmm. And then it's not until like the the next morning, you're hungry, you go to the refrigerator, you open up the refrigerator in the door, and you go, "Wait a minute! <laughs> that scene in <laughs> that movie that didn't made make any no sense."
0: sense. Um, <laughs> do you ever see the movie Panic Room? Oh. Yeah. Mild spoiler alert for Panic Room. At one point, the people trying to break into Jodie Foster's Panic Room, uh, the situation gets reversed, and then they're in the Panic Room, and she's outside, and she starts running around, taking out all the security cameras. And they're watching her do this, and they go, why the hell didn't we think of that? (laughs) And I imagine John Locke, when that door came down on his legs, and he's looking up at the pantry, you know, upside down, going like, Oh, I could have done that.
1: Well, I mean, and, but you know what? That's legit because we've all been in situations—not maybe this dire—but where we're like, "Oh, we should have just done oh, that." I'm stupid a dummy. Thing. Like, and I mean, it's probably just that. Um,
0: but no, Will, you bring up an excellent point. I have a Man in Black for this, but I might have to switch my Man in Black to the thing you said because that's amazing.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: Okay. So Continue. there's
1: literally a ticking clock, and here's what I love about the ticking clock now, because because mm-hmm. Ben goes to climb up, of course falls. Can we also
0: talk about like how freaking agonizing it is, like knowing Henry had to like move over the weights one yeah. by one <laughs> to like to get it to stack high enough to like relieve pressure off of locks? Like, yeah, that that's a nice sucks. touch that, too. That sucks. It's so good. <laughs>
1: Um, and, of course, like, you know, he tries to get in the vent and he falls. And then Locke's yelling like, Henry. Do, he do you think Henry. he was
0: faking? Do you think he was faking or do you think he was actually knocked out? <laughs> I mean, he gets
1: <laughs> back up rather quickly. I don't know. It could
0: go either way. Because he wakes up and he goes, how long was I out? Like, he's all scared.
1: But the thing is, like, there's that ticking clock. And what I loved about the ticking clock in this as Ben's getting into the the vent is that we don't see the clock. We no. don't know how we hear it and it's so ominous. This is like some great sound design for this episode because it's so ominous. But we don't we don't know we don't no. know where we're at on this clock until things start to until alarms start to go off. Mhm. Then everything goes black.
0: Yep, all the lights go out.
1: And it's a black light. And, then, and then we see on the inside of the uh, uh, blast door painted on it in like a black light paint.
0: And this is how you know uh, Carlton and David wrote this episode.
1: Um, it is a diagram of all the other hatches mm. or, or uh, Dharma stations. Lots and of
0: question marks.
1: In the center, a giant question mark. And Locke kind of takes this in Mm -hmm. as best he can.
0: It's a really cool visual. Yeah. Like, as as much as all this annoys me, it's a really cool visual. And you know how last week I said, like, this is the moment where it became a different show? This is the moment in the episode where we go further down that rabbit hole. For better or worse, this is a moment where we go further down.
1: So, the... Uh, the doors go back up. Locke is calling for uh, Henry. And uh, after a good amount of time, Henry uh, shows back up.
0: Yeah, uh, granted, it's after the after Locke is able to, like, crawl away from his current situation. And, yeah, Henry shows back up back at the, the room that they were in because he went back through the vent.
1: Yeah, because I guess when he just immediately went back in, yeah, and
0: yeah, he he claims yeah, that well, he he pressed the button, he put in the code, pressed the button, and then got back into the vent. And while he was in the vent, that's when the lights went out. He claimed that he had nothing to do with the the door raising. As if back it's up.
1: not related. Well, look, the doors came down in a way that was not related to yeah. the button. So.
0: But at this point in the show, we don't know that Henry isn't Henry. We don't know whether or not he's an other. And we don't know whether or not the others are tied into the Dharma Initiative at all. We don't, so it is possible that he could have We don't done even know something. if he really
1: pushed that button. Yeah, we don't. Well, that's another great thing about the he episode. you might have just been are... like,
0: oh, huh, look at all those hieroglyphics.
1: <laughs> yeah. We don't know what happened. And that's what's kind of great about the way this episode is designed. Um,
0: But he helps John up He, he sits helps him down. John up
1: You know That Henry Gale is a good guy
0: <laughs> Except
1: And, and uh, let's jump to the end Before we get to the poker game yeah. Except later that night Jack is walking back To the hatch Comes upon Kate She's heading there too She's like, ah, I could really use the shower. And And
0: he's like, uh... Plumbing's busted. uh, Lie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And she knows he's lying. And he knows she knows. Just let her in on it. Because guess what? She's going to get let in on it in a second.
0: Detective Kate. Once you lie to her like that, Detective Kate is going to get to the bottom of that mystery, my friend.
1: Well, but then before he can walk her back to the beach, (laughs) they come across another mystery. There's a flashing light. What is it? They approach. Apparently, there are supply drops of Dharma food. and There's a whole pallet full of food.
0: And she pulls out this box of mac and cheese. And I'm not going to lie. When she pulled out that box of mac and cheese, I was like, mac and cheese does sound really good right now. And it made me wish I had mac and cheese in my cabinet.
1: Yeah. I (laughs) murder some mac and
0: cheese. (laughs) You throw some Tapatio hot sauce on there. Oh, it's to die for.
1: And then who also shows up? And Lucia, Saeed, and Charlie.
0: Which, not going to lie, I was relieved to see them not having been apprehended by a group of the others. So, again, well done, episode, for subverting my expectations.
1: So, Jack basically asks, like, well, what what happened? And now here's where Kate gets to hear all the information
0: yeah, um, <laughs> could you imagine being Kate and like being like, oh, so wow, this is a lot. You're throwing a lot at me right now.
1: So they found a balloon, and but then they found the grave. But still, Saeed did not believe this story to be true. So he dug up that grave.
0: Which smart move.
1: And maybe disrespectful,
0: but smart move.
1: Not a, a woman inside, but a man. A man. Named Henry Gale.
0: Which, I'm just going to point out, like, given what we later know about how difficult it is to get onto the island, like, what are the odds that this guy could have made it to the island? Well, Although, granted, we don't know what killed him. And we also,
1: it's all part of uh, Jacob's plan.
0: That friggin' monster. Jacob <laughs> wants
1: someone on the island to no, get to true. The
0: island. He island. Pro- like, it's entirely possible that... Passing the barrier is what killed Henry Gale, not a crash landing. Although, who buried him? <laughs>
1: well, I'm assuming uh, Ben and the others.
0: Maybe. I don't know. We so, don't know.
1: But there's another storyline going on.
0: The best. So, <laughs> is it the best? Uh, No, it's not. I just want to point out that when Lost was going on was when, like, televising the World Series of Poker Poker had really taken off. You're right. It's not as big of a thing anymore, right? But, like, at the time— I'm sure
1: it still is, but it's less in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah,
0: at the time, my parents watched the World Series of Poker on TV all the time. Like, they definitely were watching. Like, I was watching Lost and going, like, what are you guys watching? You're watching people play cards. That's not engaging. Let me. (laughs) I'm going to go watch my show that will definitely pay off and make sense. (laughs) What a fool I was.
1: So Hurley wants in the loop. He's talking to Jack. He's like, I want in the loop. But Jack's like, there's no loop to be in. Fucking liar.
0: (laughs) He's so bad at it.
1: And while he's there, you know, he checks out Claire's baby. Ah, oh, the baby's healthy.
0: Which, again, is like, oh, that's his nephew. Oh.
1: And then Libby comes up, and Libby's kind of pulled a muscle, and you know, she could use something. And this for is them.
0: basically all like, you know, he's been away. He's been hiding in the hatch. So everyone's one.
1: coming to him with the medical problem.
0: Exactly. But it is also just narratively speaking, acting as a way to delay him from going back
1: yes which i may have a problem with later uh, well you know, I, to me well, this
0: to me this works because again if the doctor's been hiding out for several days and then he pops his back well, his head back up and you don't know how long it's going to take for him to come my, back I, yeah i'm going to flag uh, him down my
1: pro- we'll get to my problem in a bit it's a little different than that but it's
0: it's everybody having a thing all at once yeah you'll see Okay, okay, okay. Um, I've
1: built we'll get, it up now to something that's we'll, not.
0: We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it.
1: Um, And he's like, oh, you need, uh, I forget what he says, like some. Painkillers pain or something. Pain like ibuprofen. Or, or something, yeah. I don't know. And some he's icy like, hot. Yeah, and he's like, well, you know, the going price is 10 loads of laundry. Well, that's a lot of laundry. <laughs> is that all Sawyer's? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway <laughs> he's stolen a lot of clothes
1: <laughs> and you see how oh, sawyer's holding the medicine hostage and sawyer's also playing poker and he's playing with Hurley and kate and
0: which kind of makes sense you know kate sees through his charade and Hurley was willing to go with him on that little expedition, but even I though do, he was a dick about it.
1: But I do like that when Jack comes over because he sees because Hurley doesn't know what he's doing. No, and Sawyer's like half teaching him, half scamming him. Yeah, you know. Um, oh, like, you I'm going to
0: teach you how to play, but I'm also going to win.
1: <laughs> you know? I mean, here's the thing, Hurley you you go playing poker with someone like that, and you don't know how to play. You're asking for it. No, you ask
0: Kate or someone else to teach you how to play, and then you come and play But Sawyer. I like
1: when Jack's assessment of everybody, I like with Kate, he's like, ah, you're just playing.
0: For fun. for fun,
1: yeah. You're just trying to have fun.
0: Yeah, he's like, you you don't care if you win or lose. Like, you are literally in it just to, just to see what happens.
1: So Jack comes over, and he's sizing everybody up, and Sawyer's... Like, you know, all of a sudden, this is kind of interesting to Sawyer. And he's like, yeah, you know.
0: Ah, that charming smile. <clears throat> like, nothing in this episode, nothing is, is better than Josh Holloway smiling at Jack to be like, come and play.
1: You know, he may. Sawyer may be the most charming character <laughs> in the history of television.
0: That is a, I I think you could make a solid argument for that. Yeah. Which is so funny because, again, two episodes ago, we were like, why do we like Sawyer?
1: (laughs) That's just part of it.
0: (laughs) It really is. Um, I was going to say, can you think off the top of your head, any other characters that would rival him in charisma? I'm thinking about, because
1: here's the thing. I'm thinking about other, like, major characters of the last 20, 30 years of television. I mean, I guess, I mean... I mean, there's a th- charisma. I mean, I guess Fonzie had charisma. <laughs> you know, but I mean, but it's like a different kind. So here's kind the
0: Fonzie of the show. But it's a different kind yeah, yeah. of,
1: you know, like he was, well, and, Fonzie was and, cool, and, but it's a different kind of cool. And
0: Tyrion was charismatic. Um, but again, it's a completely different type of charisma. Um, you know,
1: that, that's You I know, mean. I mean, there's obviously there were charms to characters like Don Draper, but also Don Draper was a tortured, miserable human being you know where in a way that Sawyer isn't you know i don't know
0: i don't know oh, oh uh. no sawyer may very well be the most charming character television character ever period um, let us know what you guys think if you could think of anybody more charming
1: um so anyway <laughs> uh,
0: sorry i didn't mean to go down that no, road no 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 <laughs> i brought it i brought it up
1: uh, so you know they're playing, They start playing poker, the two of them, and Jack is crushing them. He Sawyer busts. He's Jack's got all mountain of mangoes. Like Jack is killing them. But Sawyer wants to play. let some real stakes. This is something Sawyer always does. He yeah. Gets himself in trouble. It's like ah, oh, let's go for some real stakes. And Kate has a nice little line of because these two are like really giving each other some shit. And she's like, should I should I get a ruler?
0: <laughs> At a girl. I love her. She's the best. And they're
1: like, we're going to play for the medicine. So that's what they play for.
0: I do love when um, Hurley and Kate, you know, walk away. And then Hurley grabs onto a pair of binoculars to keep spying on yeah.
1: them. Um, they have some back and forth. Sawyer asks Jack where he learned to play poker. Jack says it was in Thailand. It's not true. He says a, a a city in Thailand that I can't remember. It's now. where
0: he got his tattoos is what. Uh, um... I groan
1: so loud <laughs> when he said that. The worst episode of Lost, which we'll get to next season. When he... I
0: never saw it. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> and he goes, is that where you got yeah the tattoos? But Jack also realized Sawyer's trying to distract him. He goes, you uh, deal from the top of the deck.
0: Nice. Sawyer was trying to cheat.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, they're having this epic poker match.
0: As epic as poker can get. <laughs>
1: and uh, Jack wins by bluffing, which aggravates Sawyer even more. Jack didn't have anything.
0: Because Sawyer's the con man. What I, What I really liked about the, the lead up to Jack winning is that we know for a fact how manipulative Sawyer is. And we know for the fact that he's capable of pulling long cons. And wouldn't it be just like a con man to trick Jack into playing and then like ultimately like make Jack think that like he, he's on a hot streak or whatever? and then pull the rug out from under him and win at the very end just for the principle of it. Like, Sawyer wouldn't have really gained anything um, by going all in and then taking everything back other than bragging rights. But bragging rights over Jack is something that, like, Sawyer will always revel yeah. in. So to to this episode's credit, for sure, we don't know whether or not Sawyer's pulling along con or not, and The fact that he ends up losing is pretty awesome, actually, as far as Jack's uh, abilities go. It's a
1: pretty great line, also, Jack has at the end of it, where Sora's like, hey, why did not we play for the guns? Why didn't you want to play for the guns? And then Jack says, when I need the guns, I'll get the guns. That's
0: a pretty baller move.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not a Jack fan, as you know. I mean, I'm not... No, you know but no
0: here's the thing this is a great jack episode and the thing is is that jack has great episodes when the focus isn't on him isn't that kind of weird yeah jack it like because when
1: the, when the focus is on jack in the whole episode the things you don't like about jack come out more
0: yeah and, and again that's completely understandable given That these characters are flawed people, and you know, the episode is often them grappling with their flaws. So it totally makes sense. But on the other hand, like Jack as a character is so much more interesting when he's the side character in someone else's story and this isn't something that's isolated to lost there are a lot of shows where there's this really interesting cool character when they're off on the side but then when like if the narrative shifts and focuses on them more as like the protagonist it's like oh this is weird they're like a gary stew or like like they're a self-insert character for their for the writer. Like they're like all of a sudden you realize this character isn't nearly as interesting as you thought they were. Um and, like and it makes you kind of wish that they had just stayed off on the side because you're like, Oh, I didn't need to know I didn't need to know all that stuff about Jack Sparrow, you know?
1: Sam Malone from Cheers, that's a pretty charming character.
0: Ah, <laughs> Sorry, did you go back to that tangent after I went down another tangent?
1: (laughs) I did. I did. It's been playing in the background of my mind.
0: (laughs) Well, anyway, so, like, I think Jack is one of those characters that would have remained super likable had he continued to be a side character in someone else's story. It is
1: really interesting that you point that out because, yeah, no, Jack... I like Jack in yeah, this episode. It is
0: it is quite literally the Jack Sparrow thing. Like in the first Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow is the most interesting character coming around. But then as the series progresses and it yeah, focuses more and more of him. on him, yeah, and he's not the mystique is gone.
1: So that's pretty much the episode. Yeah, uh, I think this is a really solid episode overall. Um, I always tend to like a lock episode. And if I, if I may start with my Jacob. Go for it. Um, I mean, it's always, I feel like whenever I pick an individual scene or performance, it's just like, of course it is. But (laughs) Terry O'Quinn in those last moments in his flashback, like they broke my heart so much. That I think I'm going to, and there's so much you could you could do, including a lot of the great like visuals and tension that I've already discussed in the uh, hatch. But since I already discussed them, I- I'm gonna just say his performance there in the in the parking lot, this mix of sadness and patheticness and and confusion. It's like everything's all there on his face. That's that's what I'm gonna give my Jacob.
0: It's it's excellent. It's an it's well written. It's well performed. Um, it's very well executed. It, it definitely deserves a man in white for sure. Uh, I'm gonna give it to the poker game. Honestly, I found it to be the most charming, fun aspect of the episode. Um, not that the the stuff with Locke wasn't great. It, it definitely was. And Helen will always be my MVP of any of any given flashback. She's great. Helen MVP. Um, but yeah, no, I, like, the, the poker game is where I had the most fun. But, like, honestly, there are lots of candidates for man in white <laughs> in this particular episode. Now, this
1: I'm gonna is... I'm going to kick
0: myself on my way out the door this... for making that cut. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. I didn't even mean to. Ugh.
1: And I can tell by your face you really didn't mean no. to. No. Now, this is where we might have a little bit of disagreement because I'm going to bump on my Man in Black with the poker game a little bit.
0: Okay, go for it.
1: See, I think a lot of times in movies and television when there's a poker game, there is a lot of tension. And I know it might not be designed to be a poker game of tension, but I felt like there should have been more tension within this poker game. There is not one second of this. Where that you don't I...
0: feel like Jack isn't in exactly. control.
1: Exactly. 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 Which, I guess that's intentional. But then let me be a little bit more uh, annoying about this. Sure. So, everything that happens (laughs) outside of the hatch Mm -hmm. is happening parallel in time to what's going on in the hatch.
0: That seems to be the implication.
1: So, from Jack seeing them playing poker to him... Cleaning them out of fruit to getting all the medicine, only less than forty seven minutes pass.
0: I also have I a question find that about timing
1: what, hard to believe.
0: I also have a question about what time of day this is happening. Because, because at the it's end it's nighttime when they when they come across this.
1: I think it's some some look, again, it's not that important, but I also think hmm, that's some pretty bad like structure with the timing there.
0: It sounds like in between the timing and the fact that Locke could have just gone through the vent, like this episode needed one other person to like look over it or it needed one more once over to tighten up those loose ends because those are those are lot it's one of those things where while watching the episode, especially if you're doing it very passively, you wouldn't necessarily notice but you look at it again and you're like oh yeah that doesn't make any sense
1: but I'll tell you what if we weren't hosting a podcast where we have (laughs) specifically designed a segment to nitpick (laughs) this wouldn't bother me at all like see that's that's the thing about it
0: fair point I I will point out that I am the naysayer on this podcast and neither of those things caught my attention upon watching this episode again.
1: It's, well, you know, what I like about us at the end of the episodes, picking a a Jacob and a man in black. Is because the show is no love lost, and we have these polar opposite views of where the show goes. It kind of forces each of us to, to either find the, the positive other person, yeah. the perspective. But but then sometimes <laughs> on these episodes, it forces me to nitpick. And if someone made a nitpick about this, like in a movie we just saw, I'd be yelling at them. That doesn't matter. That doesn't. Who cares? <laughs> oh, That's no. not the point of it.
0: We've had to like. There have been some like we had to we had to pick a man in black for a walkabout. Like you know, it's one of those things where it's like we 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 are some of these man in blacks are clearly nitpicks, guys. We we do it for the it be I, for the for the purpose of us having to look at it from the other person's point of view. But yes, ultimately it does result no, in us but having a nitpick. I can't on occasion. wait till
1: there's going to be some time travel and then you have more legit.
0: Oh, I'm gonna have an aneurysm when we get
1: there. Oh, what's your man in black?
0: Um, my man in black is the fact that nothing seems we never get an explanation for what triggered this lockdown I, as far as I know
1: as far as I remember we don't but I I don't uh, remember
0: again it, like as an isolated thing for the sake of this episode it's fine like it provides a very interesting setup for here but if we're gonna start going down this further down the rabbit hole of lore within the island, To me, it makes no sense that this hatch would have a mechanism to lock down if pressing that button, you know, every 107 minutes is super important. Like, why would this hatch be designed to do this?
1: Well,. If we get a, uh... if we
0: get an explanation, I will gladly retract and, somebody... and point it to the and point instead. My man in black, I will I will reassign my man in black to this episode to the fact that he didn't just go through the vent. But for right now, <laughs> my man in black is that there's never an explanation for this lockdown, and that lock ultimately determines like oh it was just random and I find it was just random to be a pretty boring explanation but I I get it sometimes things just happen in life that you never get closure or an explanation about but I'm just saying in a show all about designing mystery and getting answers to those mysteries this is a thing where I'm like oh I, I call I call shenanigans
1: haven't you ever heard the phrase, shit happens?
0: <laughs> sometimes, I, you know, sometimes, you know. It, ah, the line I keep using from CinemaSins is, sometimes a person in the woods is just a person in the woods, you know?
1: So. we're yes? um, Getting towards the end of the season. It's exciting.
0: Yeah. Things are ramping up.
1: Uh, Megan where can people find you?
0: you guys can follow me on twitter and instagram at the Manguin. that's t-h-e-m-e-n g-u-i-n i also do a youtube channel called silver screams where my uh, co-host and i talk about horror things and i'm also a member of rooster team radio and right now we are talking about this season of ruby so be sure to subscribe to rooster team radio on your podcast app of choice and listen to us talk about ruby and gush about all our fun theories for this season
1: you can follow me on Twitter at The Real Will Link. Um, and yeah, you can buy my book on uh, Amazon. Do it! Crazy About Kurt. It's good. You'll like it. <laughs> um, so, until next time, see you in another life, brother. Hey there, everybody! I'm Will Link of No Love Lost with me as always.
0: Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody.
1: And we're here to talk to you about the podcast jukebox, a DIY podcast network.
0: Uh, yeah, the podcast Jukebox Network has been super supportive of us as we venture back to the island, uh, and so we just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, them and to let you guys know that you guys should be supporting the other podcasts put on by this fantastic network.
1: If you are enjoying No Love Lost, definitely give a listen to many of the other podcasts, far, many of which are far less vanilla than we are, Uh <laughs> Uh, uh, Off the Cuffs, which is kind of the flagship show of the network. It is the BDSM Kink podcast that kind of launched this whole network uh, off. You've got the Goth Librarian podcast. You have Being There podcast, a great storytelling podcast. You have The Queers Next Door. Also on the network, uh, Proud to be Kinky, uh, Drinks with God, And a little podcast that's close to my heart, Megan. What is that one called? Will
0: Sean Podcast?
1: Yeah. Will Mm. he? I
0: don't know. Spoiler
1: alert. uh, Not as frequently as usual. (laughs) But you should definitely subscribe to all these shows. Rate them. Listen to them on iTunes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, These are all fantastic storytellers. It's so important to be sex positive. So go support these other podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you like us, you might like them. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) It makes sense. We're on the same network.
1: (laughs) So yes, rate and subscribe to all these terrific shows.
0: And don't forget to rate them all five stars, and also rate us five stars.
1: Yeah, while you're at it, you're listening to us, might as well give us a rating.
0: (laughs) You're already there. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys.